I'm B, And I'm Indy. And before we start, we really want to take a moment to thank our listeners and the community for the overwhelming support in seeing that this project happens. We wouldn't be here without y'all, and we can't wait to show everyone what we've been working on. And now, a wonderful word from... Yeah, this is your producer, Mai. Hey, everyone. I want to thank you, everyone, and just let you know that we are a podcast here in Houston, and we wanted to start this podcast to give everyone entertainment in the queer community, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a reminder that these are our opinions and no one else's. And if you have any discrepancies with them, just let us know and we'll try to fix that. And yeah, and I'm going to let these ladies take it over and get into the episode. All right. All right. Hey, you guys. So a lot of people haven't asked me this at all, but if they did, um, I kind of wanted to talk about why did we choose queer, the word queer, for the title of our show? Um, because I know in the past it was considered a very derogatory slur. And so I feel like nowadays with the height of just uh, LGBT issues in the community in general. Um, me personally, I personally feel more comfortable using the label queer um, just because it more describes me and what my interests are instead of just being like, oh, I'm gay or oh, I'm a lesbian because I'm so much more than that. Um, so I personally see queer as an umbrella term. How do you feel about it, B? I would have to agree with you because I don't think that sexual or gender identity has to be this sort of set of rigid rules right you know some days i wake up i'm like i feel straight as fuck and then other days i feel embarrassingly gay so it's just you know it 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 goes up and down the scale is what i'm trying to say and so for me what queer means is that it it's an all-encompassing term Mm -hmm. that I feel most comfortable identifying as. I mean, if someone came up to me and said, how do you identify me? I'll say bisexual just for the sake of conversation. Mm -hmm. And so that I don't have to go into the discourse about queer identity, but I feel comfortable identifying as queer just because I don't want to be put in this box. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I feel like, a lot of the time when it comes to, especially when you first come out, everyone wants to put you in a box and they want that box in a box and they want to put that box also in a box. And it's just mm-hmm. like, before you know it, you're just feeling like a little Russian doll mm-hmm. and it's easy to slap a label on everything. But I feel like it's also really, really hard because so many people are multifaceted and so many people change their minds and mm-hmm. that's perfectly okay. So that is why we chose the word queer to stand for us and mm-hmm. why we are veer queer because we are here, we're queer and we're going places even though we are in Texas. Right. So H-Town represent, this is veer <laughs> queer, you know? Yeah. And you kind of mentioned about coming out. And so this episode that we're going to be talking about is going to be about coming out, coming out in the South, and also coming out late. Oh, yeah. So I'm just curious, how did you come out, Indy? Oh, man. Where do I even begin? (laughs) Um, So I came out, like, officially... Honestly, I feel like it's a process and it's, it's, it's never ending. I'm never, I feel like I'm never going to stop coming out. Someone's always going to not know. Um, but the first time I actually came out officially, I was about 
21 or 22. So it was a couple years ago. I mm-hmm. came out. I came out fairly late, um, just because a part of me has already always been a little gay. Like always, I think about even when I was like a kid, I was just. I just didn't know. Hard scene. Yeah. And it's like, it's so hard because I feel like, especially growing up in the South, there's so much pressure to be like this social, socialite debutante type of thing, you know, just in like the way that we're raised. Like it's super patriarchal. It's very like, oh, you have to be a lady. You can't sit like this. You can't get muddy, blah, 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 like all this stuff. So I just felt very like sheltered and just kind of stuck. So it took me a while to just kind of get comfortable with that. And then... I remember growing up and having an intense, I don't know if it was necessarily jealousy, admiration, or just affection for other, for other people around me. And it's like, I don't know if I want to be you, if I want to kiss you, if I want to do both. (laughs) Like, I think you're pretty, but I also want to know why you're pretty. And I also want to like see you all the time. It was weird. So when I first, first officially came out, I was... Hmm, where was I? I was at Chacho's with my mom and my aunt and we were drinking margaritas mm-hmm. and they were talking about their man woes. And my aunt jokingly was like, you know what? I'm so sick of men. I think I might date women. And I took that as like, I was like, oh. As a sentiment a lot of straight women like to say. Right. It mm-hmm. is a sentiment a lot of straight women like to say, but I took it seriously because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, still kind of like in the closet. So I was like, I, I would date women. Mm-hmm. And um, my aunt and my mom were like, why don't you then? And I was like, I mean, I, I will if, like, if someone yeah. wants to. I don't. <laughs> and then I was like, and then I text my friend later and I was like, I think I came out. I'm not really sure. It was kind of awkward. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the phases. And then like, even throughout my life, like I had friends when I was younger that we were hanging out all the time. My mom mm-hmm. would be like, so what's going on with you and so-and-so? Like, why are y'all always like buddy-buddy or whatever? And I was just like, I don't know. I just love her. And I just want to be around her all the time. I'm not gay, though. I'm just <laughs> obsessed with my just best friend. Pals. Exactly. I'm not gay. I'm just obsessed with her. It's fine. <laughs> um, and so that was the thing. And then uh, when I officially came out because my mom just kept pounding me about dating and like why I was single still and like where all the boys are (laughs) I was just like I don't know yeah (laughs) there are no boys there are no boys just feelings about women (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so when you mentioned that you came out about 22 23 that's about when I officially came out Mm -hmm. around 20 uh, 22 I was turning 23 that year it's really funny because and I'll never forget how it happened I was staying at my aunt's place because my mom was coming into town mm-hmm. and then we were just catching up and I thought to myself okay this is going to be the day <laughs> like this this is going to be the day when I will come out to my mom mm-hmm. because earlier that day <laughs> I matched with someone on tinder and then we actually had a date planned out I think like and during the same day yeah like Damn. we we matched on tinder if we had a date planned, I don't know, I think like two days later or something like that. Okay. I, I don't know. But it was like that happened. And then I realized, oh, shit, my mom's coming into town. And I really want her to be a part of this life that I'm trying to explore because that's when I started really trying to explore my queerness. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, going back to my story, we were sitting, she was sitting in the bed next to me we were sleeping on separate beds and then i casually was just like yeah so i'm going to date with a girl <laughs> like just 
no warning, didn't even say anything. I was just like, yeah, so I have a date with a girl. And then my mom just kind of looked at me and shrugged. She's like, okay, well, you're kind of a weird kid anyway, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, that could have gone... Oh, that could have gone a lot worse. Yeah. Um, she didn't, you know, explicitly say she didn't accept it. Mm-hmm. I never thought that she would never not accept it. It's just that I just didn't know how she would react to it. Right, right. <laughs> and I kind of expected that kind of reaction from her. Kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, she's just doing her own thing. And mm-hmm. so, um, full disclosure, I did go on that date and I didn't get a second date. So, it's fine. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Oh, it's it's totally fine. Um, but, yeah, it's just growing up, I always knew that I wasn't totally straight. Mm-hmm. It didn't really hone in on me that I was queer until about I hit puberty. That's when I started realizing, like, you know, other girls were, like, really pretty mm-hmm. or that I would have, like, little baby crushes on them, but I, like, suppressed that really hard. Oh, yeah. I kept myself really, really deep in the closet about it. Um, and it's really funny because, you know going through that angsty teen phase, I would listen to songs that explicitly talk about girls. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, the other day I was driving in, in my car and listening to this song I was so obsessed with back when I was like <laughs> graduating high school, entering college. Yeah. And there's a specific lyric that says, uh, how's it go? It goes... I think you're my favorite girl that I've met, ever met. And it's from this song called Man Overboard. It's from Man o- Overboard, the song called World Favorite. And I would just like sting the shit out of that lyric. Yeah. But I was like, this is fine. It's just a song. Right, like, it, right. It, it's totally straight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I totally, I totally had yeah. that. I had really queer ears growing mm-hmm. up. I was like obsessed with the gossip and the yeah, yeah, yeahs and mm-hmm. like, um, what is that one band? The, the sounds. Like, super, really like, girl pop but then yeah. i found out later that all the singers were queer and i was like oh, oh. tegan and sarah like oh, oh my, my god. god like before it came out i would listen to tegan and sarah all the time me too but like you know but but you think you're straight right yeah. right and like, <laughs> i just really like i just really like their message yeah <laughs> and then it's funny because i'm replaying an xbox game right now um from the fable series explicitly well specifically i am playing fable three right now and i remember playing that game you know years back and i would specifically play a woman marrying other women mm-hmm. but this is before i identified as queer bisexual or anything i was mm-hmm. just like this is fine like mm-hmm. it's a fantasy game like there's there's it's there's nothing in it's all innocuous it's it's all fine you yeah know? i feel that um whenever i used to play the sims like on computer like the first one um, if I had any families that had hetero relationships, mm-hmm. I would let them date their neighbors that was of the same sex. Like they would have little parties yeah. and then I would have these two people just talk the whole night through and then the next morning and they're still there and they're still talking <laughs> and it's like, you gotta go to work. I'm like, nah, they're getting it in right now. Like, um, CZ Sally has to mac on her neighbor, uh, Veronica, like <laughs> for, for three days straight until they're in love and then they're going to have to figure that out afterwards. Yeah. But so I wish I could <laughs> go back in time to my past self and shake myself up and be like, you're queer. What are you doing? Stop denying it. Yeah. I feel like I wasted a lot of time too. Yeah. Same. So you kind of talked about 
coming out with your family? What about with your friends? Friends? Um, I came out to my friends first. That was a lot easier, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the a good way to do it. Um, if I, like, just to say, come out to your friends or somewhere you're close to, like a, a family member that you're close to that you know won't judge you or won't, like, you know, criticize, uh, criticize you. Definitely, um, I would prefer to come out to someone that you know is okay with people being in the LGBT community, like someone that you've heard actually support them and not like drag them, you know, that would be the first person that I would come out to. So I came out to my friends first and I was hanging out with predominantly, um, lesbians and gay people. Um, and I think that also kind of helped with me coming out just because just being around people that were comfortable within their skin and comfortable Mm -hmm. being who they were, Um, that also helped me too, because I would just be like, (laughs) I would just tell my mom, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to like the gay bar again. Like, you know, (laughs) three times a week. Nothing gay happening here, mom. Right. I'm just going, (laughs) you know, doing some field research, doing it for science. (laughs) For science? Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, hanging out with the gals for science. Yeah, just gal pals. Yeah. I don't think that I've really surrounded myself with many queer people until after I publicly came out. So yeah. I came out to my mom and my parents when I was about 22, 23. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until like the next summer that I put up a status on Facebook of like, yeah, I'm here. I'm queer. <laughs> and then the rest is history. But I didn't really surround myself with a whole bunch of queer people until I became comfortable in myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I was dealing with some kind of internalized homophobia, mm-hmm. um, but you know, just because I was denying that part of myself. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't until I was comfortable in my own skin that I was like, I want to be around pe- people that would accept me for who I am yeah. as a person. And so growing up, I don't, I can't really name anyone that was LGBT mm-hmm. until they came out much later in life. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a Southern thing. I know that's something that my mentioned that, I feel like coming out really late is a Southern thing. It It is. Right, because, like, <laughs> you live in the South, and you have to live in this box. Oh, yeah. That, that society wants you to be in. You know, mm-hmm. either if you're a cis girl or if you're just a girl in general, they want you to be high femme because you have to pass as, you know, quote-unquote woman. Right. And the same thing being a dude. You have to really pass as dude. And so it's... It's, it's a lot to unlearn, and it's a lot to unpack. Right, it is. Like I can't name anyone on top of my head that I know that has lived in the South, that are born and raised in the South, that came out at a young age. Everyone I know came out really late. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe it's because we're at a point where maybe we're more comfortable with it. Yeah. Or is it because we live in Texas? I, I can't say for sure, but I do think that Personal safety is a real thing. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Um, definitely, that's what I think is probably another reason why people choose to come out a lot later. Um, I've heard a lot of other coming out stories where people don't come out until they've moved out of their family's homes and they feel like they um, have the ability to actually be more of themselves and also be like, hey, I don't depend on you for my life anymore, so this is who I am, and I'm telling you right now um, at this point in time instead of before when I lived under your roof and you can kick me out. Right. So that's. I- Sorry, no, I was just saying that that's about when I came out to my mom. Mm -hmm. It was, I was already out of the house. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, 
Like, what's the worst that can happen? She exactly. could never talk to me ever again. But, you know, that, that would really suck. Right. But I'm, I'm independent. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think, why I felt comfortable doing it much later in life. Again, it's not even an issue of, oh, my parents are not going to accept me. It's just that I knew for a fact that I had nothing else to lose. Yeah. Yeah. And also, since coming out as queer, I've started, like, be becoming more comfortable in dressing a little masculine too yeah yeah like i i felt that once i came out it wasn't until maybe another year if i was like you know what i'm gonna just keep exploring this and it wasn't until about i've been doing this for since last year that i started dressing a little bit more masculine and i feel way more comfortable in my skin that way mm-hmm. i i feel like even in the first year or two when i was out and even beforehand i had to perform as super high femme or super like feminine and you know don't get me wrong i'll still do it yeah i love makeup i absolutely love makeup and i will throw on heels i'll throw on dresses but that's every so often most of the time i play soft neutral as Mm -hmm. i like to call it or like right (laughs) now if you could probably see what i'm wearing right now i look pretty boy i guess it's what are you wearing, Lee? What am I soft, wearing? soft boy? Yeah, I'm what are you soft wearing? boy. Soft boy. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna intervene. I'm gonna. I want to ask something. Yeah. Um, y'all were talking about you know like your identity expressions yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, do y'all do that only on the weekends? Oh, <laughs> like yeah, you know, because living in the yeah. South, it's like you have to play that switch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Know? It's like, are you only doing that on the weekends or? Are you also going to work like that? How are you? How are you expressing yourself that way? Also, too, is it? Oh yeah. Is it your whole life? Are you just gonna gun ho it? Or right. Is it just mm-hmm. like a. All right, gotta go put on my. <laughs> fucking blazer. Right. And go to work. <laughs> yeah. My nine to five Pencil at this corporate skirt. world. You know. Um. So to answer that question, first I'm gonna answer Andy. No, like, answer them both at. Yeah, the same at time. the same I'm time. Scared. Yeah, no, I'm gonna answer them both at the same time. <laughs> you know. Um. I would say that I definitely am a lot more masculine on the weekends just because, you know, work clothes are expensive, y'all. I'm going to be real. But I would say that I'm way, way, way more masculine on the weekends just because I can wear my cap backwards. I can wear flannels. I can wear my high tops. Like right now I'm wearing like a black cap that's on backwards and like a a shirt that says defend girls not pop punk hell and yeah a you know black denim jeans and high tops and a flannel so very hot <laughs> uh, so going off what my was saying that's just kind of an example of what i would wear on the weekends mm-hmm. maybe once every couple of months i'll be like you know what i'm gonna throw on a dress and my thigh high boots and my makeup like i'm gonna beat my face and i'm gonna look so good mm-hmm. but that's very rarely um but yeah at my job I, i'm open i'm out and they know that it's sometimes i'll wear you know like a sweater with like a shirt underneath like the collar popping out and look a little bit more boy and my boss even said like hey you look really good so that feels really great about myself but yeah just kind of reiterating what i'm saying i i'm more mask on weekends did you go into work already like were you nervous were you like yeah absolutely i was absolutely nervous about what this environment is going to be like Mm -hmm. 
um just because yeah I, tell us about that yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. so andy next yeah andy you'll be on the hot seat next <laughs> so i've been in jobs where i didn't feel comfortable about my queerness or my queer identity or my queer expression i felt like i couldn't really be my true self because i thought that i was going to be judged or that they wouldn't care about what's going on in my personal life and so when i came into this job that i have now i was really nervous just because i didn't know what it was going to be like like with any job you have no idea what the environment's going to be like obviously but when i first came in definitely in the beginning i looked a lot more femme i mean i I still wear pants just because that's my preferred like garment to wear but i definitely was wearing more like flowy shirts and you know, putting on makeup all the time mm-hmm. and making sure I looked, you know, quote unquote, like them. And at the time I had a pixie cut, you know. And so it wasn't until maybe about a few months in, I was like, let me push the envelope a little bit. So I grew out the top part of my hair. So it's more of like an undercut. And I was like, okay, like they seem to be fine with this. And so then I started, you know, wearing, you know, sweaters, like those, like Van Houston ones. I don't, I don't know what to call them, but then like with the with like collar shirts popping out of the sweaters mm-hmm. um and that was about like maybe three or four months in about you Andy? um whenever it comes to me um being out at the workplace i definitely start high femme um i yeah. don't know why i just feel the need to set that standards i'll just go in super femme and then as time goes by i just let myself go slowly and so I'm wearing I what like, I want to wear. Don't wear makeup anymore at work. Maybe once every two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll start off. I'll start off. I'll be on it. And then after a while, I'm like, you know what? They're not paying me for this part of my morning. So I'm just going to roll out of bed and put this on. Luckily, where I work right now, it's actually incredibly queer friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's probably only one straight identifying person in the office, which mm-hmm. is rare because in my old jobs, like I've worked a lot of retail. Um I'm usually the only person in the building that's queer or out, I guess. And the reason, the way I usually out myself is like people ask me like, oh, what are you and your boyfriend going to do this weekend? Or like, (laughs) oh, it's Christmas time. Do you have any special plans? It's Valentine's Day. Do you have a boyfriend? And um, I would just be like, you know, no, um, that's not my thing, you know? And Mm -hmm. then I'd come out that way. And yeah, it is definitely, definitely different being the only queer person or being the only out person in the workplace because I feel like, people either take it upon themselves to make you the ambassador of everything queer and ask you weird questions or they just straight up don't have any interest in your life at all. Mm -hmm. And knowing me, I like to overshare. So I just (laughs) tell people anyway, and I'll be like, Oh, you're going to talk about this with what you did with your man and whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you about this crazy weekend that I had when I was like fun and fabulous and whatever. And, uh, so I haven't really necessarily had an actual problem with it. I haven't worked in really corporate, corporate settings. Yeah. Um, so maybe in my future when I get like a real job. <laughs> you have a real job. Stop it. Uh, um, <laughs> when I get a real job, it may be a thing. But um, I I couldn't imagine hiding that part of myself yeah. for the sake of a, a paycheck. And I know a lot of people have to. Right. And I know it's definitely a risk um, in a lot of cases being out in the workplace in in a certain type of environment. But personally, I don't know. I feel like I'm too stubborn to ever have to deal with that. It's yeah. Like, t- 
take all of me or take none of me. That's kind of where I'm at with my life too, especially, you know, with working on this podcast, it's kind of like, oh, well, if any future employer Googles me, they'll probably find this. So it's, you take it or leave it at this point. Oh, I didn't Cause it's like, that. yeah. <laughs> Oops, um. but it's like, <laughs> but it, it was a real worry because going off what you were saying about, you know, having to hide yourself for the sake of a paycheck. I was talking to a friend of mine before we even like really got this off the ground. I was like, hey, like, I'm a little nervous about doing this podcast because what if this affects my future? Like, I'm in a permanent state of prejudice now by doing this. Right. And so she goes, you know what? You don't want to work with bigots anyway. That's true. Yeah. So that's she, very true. Yeah. So she's like, you know what? If if people can't take you for who you are, then you don't want to work for them. And, yeah. And I think that's so real. I think that while that's also so real, sometimes you don't have that choice either. That's so. true. Yeah. So what about when you go to family or work functions? Family or work functions. Now, as far as the rest of my family is mm-hmm. concerned, I don't know if they know if I'm queer or not. Yeah. Um. Not that I'd have any issue with it at all, because I feel like that's like me being me liking women is like <laughs> the least scandalous thing that's ever happened in our family. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm at the point where I'm like, um, mm. hard same. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you're gonna judge me for doing this when it's like, oh, this happened. Me being a little gay doesn't seem so bad now. Huh? Exactly. It was like you can't throw stones when mm-hmm. you're living in a glass house or however that saying goes. <laughs> So, um, if I had a partner, um, a serious partner and they wanted to meet my family, I would definitely let them meet my family. Um, I would definitely let my family know first mm-hmm. cause I don't, I don't believe in springing up. Although I don't mind if they know, I also wouldn't want to put them right. in an awkward position. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely tell my family first and be like, Hey, you know, this person's coming over. Um, as far as workplace functions, I don't know, man. I don't mind being queer out there, but I don't know if I want to like bring that. Work is a completely different monster. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> you're like, mm, pass. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd pass. I, there's a, there's just a certain amount of like comfortableness I want to be. I want to have with people yeah. I work with. Um, now, if we no longer work together and we're just hanging out as friends, then hell yeah. But, like, while I'm still employed there, there's just a certain amount of, like, I if we were at an open bar place, I probably wouldn't drink as much. Just because yeah. it's like, I work with you. I don't need you to see me be all sloppy. I don't need you being all <laughs> up in my business. I don't need you to, like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> when it comes to the workplace, I yeah. probably wouldn't bring um, a significant other there. But a family function, definitely, if it was that serious. That's the mm-hmm. tricky part. Like, is it serious or not? Have you brought... <laughs> A partner to your family that wasn't a dude? Um, once. Because I, I know I haven't, so I'm just wondering. Yeah, um, just once. Um, the last person I dated came to my house once, but uh, they didn't even get a chance to meet my mom because it was kind of <laughs> like an in and out thing and we're yeah. busy. So um, I just let my mom know and I was like, hey, they're going to spend the night. And then in the morning we just dipped and mm-hmm. hit them streets. I've never brought anyone home that wasn't a guy. Yeah. Again, like, I came out really late, like we all did. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been in a serious enough relationship with a woman for me to be like, hey, you know what would make this so much better? You meet the family. Yeah, same, <laughs> You know same. what was sweet in the deal? Let's meet 
the the parents. Yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten to that yeah. stage yet where it's like where I felt it necessary. Um, I'm actually pretty low key when it comes to my private life. Believe it or not, when it comes really? to my family, yeah, I keep everything. I on the find rug. that hard to believe. Um, <clears throat> believe it. <laughs> I'm a I'm a very secret squirrel when it comes to my family. I don't know why. I just feel like um, there's just certain things that I just I don't know. Just like yeah. I don't know how my family would react if I brought a girl home. Mm-hmm. I know my parents would be fine with it. My brother would be fine with it. Yeah. But as far as the rest of the family, I, I'm not sure. Just because yeah. that would set some sort of precedent as well. Yeah, because yeah, then they're going to ask about it yeah. later and be like, oh, we're so-and-so. Yeah. She was so nice. And you'd be like, oh, we've been broken up for five months. Like, fuck off. Or then it's like, <laughs> in my case, how I identify as bisexual. What if I bring a girl home? It doesn't work out. Then if I bring a guy home, they'll, I don't want them to be like, oh, so was that a face? Well, it's none of their business. Yeah, exactly. But I just don't want to have that conversation with right. them either. As far as work function, I think I would still be able to do it just because I have a coworker who is gay. Mm-hmm. And he brings his partner around for work functions. And so that kind of makes me feel a lot comfortable. Then I'm like, yeah. oh, you already did that for me. Right, exactly. So now I can kind of piggyback off of this. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, this is, it's a really weird sort of topic for me to talk about just because like I know that I I my immediate parents are fine with it but I have no idea what the rest of the family would do I think part of them would either be a sight out of mind or some of them would be like asking really rude and appropriate questions mm-hmm. what about you Mai? what yeah what about you you want to ask me that yeah I want to yeah. ask you that what let's put you on the hot seat <laughs> what do you want to know <laughs> everything everything Nicole. about your life about what it's like to be queer um <laughs> Being queer, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's for me, I feel like it's a, I had a lot of, I think I had a different life than a lot of the people that I am friends with now. Yeah. Um, I felt like when I was younger, I suppressed all of it cause I was like, oh, let's play sports. Cause in that way it'll be like this persona of, I can just wear t-shirts and jeans like, oh. and shorts all the time and it'll be she's when, like a tomboy yeah or, when it's like nothing gay going on over here right nothing at all yeah yeah um but i mean work place functions well i i came out pretty late also i came out when i was 22 oh i feel like 22 is like a magic number for all of us oh, oh yeah. look at that I also, yeah mm. i came out when i was 22 and that was like 2012 yeah, yeah. and i was my undergrad so sophomore year um i wasn't really and I didn't have a corporate job. I haven't. I refused to do mm-hmm. that because I did a lot of internships and was in there in the oil field and was like, no, I can't do this. Yeah, sounds gross. Don't yeah. want to confine to, no to the man. I'm good. To the man. Yeah. Stick it to the man, <laughs> okay? Stick it to the man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, back then, honestly, I probably wouldn't have because I felt so, I felt all these, you know, this pushback of like, this negative stigma of being queer. Um, I like had a lot of self hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, and I didn't want anyone to judge me already because of all of my own issues. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I honestly, I probably wouldn't have, I probably would just present as femme and then just lie to everyone saying that I'm single. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, speaking of expression, I've had someone tell me recently that I'm, 
pretty flamboyant in the way that I express myself as far as like my gayness. Mm -hmm. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's like I shove myself so deep in the closet for 22, almost 23 years. I deserve this shit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, fuck that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's why I think whenever I present masculine, I can be pretty hard masculine. And when I present femme, I can present pretty high femme. Um, and whenever I mess, whenever I do present, you know, high masculine, I'm using like air quotes on this because, you know, whatever, um, I do it because I didn't have that chance to express myself that way when I was younger, you know, like I, I feel like when you, again, not even just living in the South, but being a person of color. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's a cultural thing too, that you have to present one way or another, mm-hmm. depending if you're a boy or a girl. Right. Mm-hmm. I like to call that the switch. Yeah? Like, yeah, because you have to play these mm-hmm. personas oh, yeah. of the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, see me this way. That's why I was like, oh, what do you play on the weekends? <laughs> <laughs> do you switch? <laughs> I switch all the time. <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. I try to, like, stick to who I am. Yeah. Because it'll just drive right. me wild. Well, you brought up expression again. Um, When I first came out, I wanted to appear as queer as possible. I wanted people to just look at me and know. Right. Because I was tired of people looking at me and not knowing and not understanding what was going on and questioning me about what I was doing. (laughs) So I just shaved my whole fucking head off. I do remember that. that. I did that too. I did that three times. Yeah, it it feels good. It feels so good. I love my hair. I had the idea in my head already, and what solidified it for me was like I was working at Lush at the time, um, the one in Highland Village, and I was walking down the sidewalk to go to the CVS right across the parking lot, and this man like stopped me because I was growing my hair out and I had like a natural um, afro, and it was like pretty pretty good like length or whatever and this dude stopped me he was like oh my god you're so beautiful is your hair real it's gorgeous blah 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 and i was just like don't ever talk to me (laughs) i'm gonna go ahead and get rid of this right now yeah and then i woke up one morning and my mom oh another thing a lot of my identity was tied to my hair because my mom was a hairstylist so my hair was always very done very femme very whatever i've had literally any hairstyle you could ever think of in the book, mm-hmm. I had it. And so when I went to my mom and I was like, hey, mom, I want to cut my hair off and I want you to do it. She took it harder than I did. <laughs> she was behind me crying. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, my God, that's a lot of hair on the floor. There's so much hair. And I looked down. And I'm like, that's not a lot of hair. And then um, when she finished, I like looked in the mirror and my heart like it, it was so like heavy and mm-hmm. warm and it swelled and i was like damn i look gay as fuck <laughs> i love this i love it yeah did you dye it too yeah i yeah, dyed I it too that. i cut it i dyed it i was just going crazy i was like i'm, I'm about to be queered up in this bitch yeah. <laughs> like i just wanted to i just wanted to express how i felt on the inside on the outside um apparently it didn't really work <laughs> but for me yeah for me that meant something because it, right. it was like me taking off that part of my life that was super super femme mm-hmm. super super sheltered super super you have to be pretty always I'm not saying that you can't be queer and be right. pretty that's not a thing but i'm just saying with this with the way that i was raised and with all of that mm-hmm. uh seeing my femininity and my straightness tied to my hair. I just wanted to get rid of it and start over. 
and I did that and it felt so good. Like it was strictly for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really cool being a bald woman. Yeah. I, like, I liked fucking people up on the street. Me too. <laughs> like <laughs> when I first shaved my head, I want to say that it was, I think like four years ago. Right. Yeah. I think one day, like I, I had hair up to like, down to my bra strap it was really long mm-hmm. and it was like really wavy mm-hmm. and it was super femme mm. and i got really fucking lazy keeping up with it all the time and so i donated to about shoulder length mm-hmm. and then i didn't like the way it was growing oh because after i had cut it to shoulder length i had it undercut and then i was trying to grow it out and i was like man this looks fucking ugly because i was trying to grow it out to an even length i was just like fuck it i'll shave it and I did, and it felt so good to do it because it's like shedding that part of my life that's like I can leave behind finally. Yeah. Because I think that, like, like you touched on this, that your identity is tied to your hair, and I think that's true. I think a lot of, you know, your identity as far as queer identity is tied to your hair. Oh, like, yeah. Like, like, typically, if you have longer hair, again, typically – it's seen as more feminine. Why are you laughing? Because my over there has <laughs> longer hair. You make like, up for nope. it with snapbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And your little key ring thing. No, the um. What is it? <laughs> wow! What is it? The, don't read me like that. The uh, carabiner. <laughs> um, but then I don't shaved my. Right now. <laughs> I am definitely adding you. Right don't now. encourage this. <laughs> So, so I shaved my head and it felt so fucking great. Especially mm-hmm. like people coming out to be like, "You look so good, bald." Yeah. It, with you know being bald, and I was just like, "Thank you." Like people were saying, "Look like Sinead O'Connor," and I was just like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, I do." <laughs> Best compliment ever. Honestly, and then ever since then, I just kind of kept my hair short. Yeah, just because. I'm at that stage where you were at that. I want people to know that I'm queer. Oh yeah. I want people to see it. Um, I want to confuse them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like some, sir. Yeah. Ma'am. Right. That's definitely happened to me a couple of times at the grocery store. Um, I had a, <laughs> this poor checking out lady was like, thank you, sir. And I was like, Oh, thanks. And I, <laughs> and I did tell she was so flustered. And I'm just like, it really doesn't bother me. Like, I don't care. Like I'm, like I'm cis, my feelings are not hurt. I promise. <laughs> like I used to get upset when people would misgender me with short hair because I was like, "Dude, with these tits and this ass, how dare you?" <laughs> like what? Excuse I don't know. You because I feel like it came out. I feel like it came out as snarky because, especially because, like, at one time I was at um, what's that club? I forgot the club's name, but this like white dude. I was like waiting. I was waiting uh in the for the bathroom this white dude was like oh sir you're in the wrong line and i was mm-hmm. like um mind your fucking business <laughs> also i'm not <laughs> also mind your business <laughs> and yeah damn shit was not wavy no <laughs> not wavy no oh okay so there's another topic i wanted to bring up what would you do if your partner mm-hmm. was not out, but you are out. Or in the past, if mm-hmm. you were not out, but you had a partner that was. Because oh. I think that happens a lot. So, I haven't really been in that kind of situation. 
Well, okay, no, I lied. I, the longest relationship I've been in was two years. It was with a guy, and it wasn't toward the end of our relationship with he, that I told him, like, yeah, like, I'm not straight. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not totally straight. Mm-hmm. And so, but I was very much in the closet about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the closest experience that I've ever had with that. I, I think depending on, I think that depending on that sort of, situation environment it's really situational yeah like maybe their family is really cool within they're out and maybe i'm still in the closet right so i don't i don't know what would be the best way to navigate that right i've never experienced that i've never know? experienced that either but like i feel like if i had a partner that wasn't out and then i was out i definitely wouldn't pressure them to be out right because exactly. everyone's journey is different yes, and absolutely. i mean shit everyone has their own struggles to go through. But at the same time, even though they weren't out, I wouldn't want to pressure them, but I would also kind of want to like low key expose them to as many queer things that they're like comfortable with. Right. Until they felt like they could be comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to take you to the queerest clubs and the queerest bars. And you're going to hang out with all my gay friends. And we're going to watch all this gay literature and listen to like (laughs) music that talks about women loving women, or I'll sing the song to you and change the pronouns and make you feel better by yourself. And Mm -hmm. then one day, hopefully no pressure. Damn. Can I date you? I am in a 25-year committal relationship with myself right now. Oh, how's that going? <laughs> it's going great. Yeah. I'm, my, I'm my favorite bae. I'm my dream. I'm my own dream girl. God damn Honestly, it. Honestly, same. You know what? I wake up every day and I tell myself, you're going to look like your own dream girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would make out with me. I would. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd masturbate I saw, to myself. Yeah. I was, if I saw someone <laughs> that looked like me walking down the street, like I would be like, hold up. Like. <laughs> let, let me get at you let me get at yeah. you let me get in you yeah. let me just, <laughs> let's just treasure this moment it's like that one episode of broad city where lana mm-hmm. meets her doppelganger i was like that is so <laughs> me maybe huh maybe oh yeah well that's not well that's not her name. oh yeah um from arrested, arrested development, development. Yeah. yeah yeah but yeah so i think that you know going circling back to what you were talking about i think that those are really great ways to sort of nurture that queerness in a partner that's not publicly out yeah like i wouldn't i wouldn't like put any pressure on them to come out but i would be like you know when you're around me you can feel 100 percent sure of being yourself because i yeah. know it's it's really really hard and coming out like it goes in layers and i feel like the hardest part of coming out is mm-hmm. coming out to yourself that shit hit me yeah. like a train i remember like when i finally first like realized that i was like gay 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 i like (laughs) i had to i had to lay down i was like damn dude because like i was just thinking about my entire life i'm like dude i've been pretty sapphic this whole (laughs) time and i thought back to my like obsession with like models and like tyra banks naomi campbell like all those women that i looked up to and i'm like did I look up to them because they were like my role models or was I just low key in love (laughs) and I was in love. (laughs) That's cute. Uh, Who was my first celebrity crush? Who wasn't my first celebrity crush? Who wasn't? No, but I, so Samira Wiley Mm. from Orange is the New Black. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I'm in love with her. That was your first. That was like my first, Yes, I'm going to admit that I'm in love with her celebrity crush. Yes. Like, because 
as I told you, like I put myself in the closet for so mm. long that even if I found any person attractive and sorry, any girl attractive, I would just dismiss it completely. So mm. I, I'm going to say that I can't really go back and completely say with honesty, like who was my first mm-hmm. right. female crush just because I did a lot of like suppressing. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But my first like celebrity crush, I was like, Oh I'm fucking gay. Was Samira <laughs> Wiley? Oh, that's understandable. Yeah, that's a good one. She yeah. has an amazing smile. Oof. Oh, I know. Like, it kills me when she smiles. Poppy. I start smiling, I and I'm just like, "Oh my god, why am I happy right now?" Yeah. Don't look at me. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Mai? Who was your first celebrity? Coach? Oh, Jessica Alba. All right, because yeah. of Honey. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, she was. Uh, she oh, was, babe. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, dance like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Race. Make me want to oh, dance. Oh, okay. So, I think the first like celebrity I looked up to, but wasn't completely sure if I was in love with her was Selena. Mm. Oh, my oh my god! I was thinking yeah. in my head. I was like, Selena, J Lo, ask Selena, real Selena. Oh, oh my gosh! Just like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh, yes. No, ugh. like she was definitely the first, <laughs> like, you know, woman I noticed. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I guess to wrap this up, what sort of advice would you give to people about coming out? So to wrap it up, the t- sort of advice that I would give to people is to take your time, listen to yourself first. Um, come out to someone you trust first, then slowly branch out. Mm -hmm. Um, know that there's not a timeline at all, at all. Um, you want to do it when you are sure. Um, and when you feel comfortable because in the day it's your life and no one else's, but when you do come out, know that it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, you might cry a little bit, might cry a lot, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's fun. Yeah, and it's fun to cry. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I want to add that we're not licensed therapists or anything. Oh, no, not but at all. if you guys ever want to talk to us about, you know, coming out, you know, your queer feelings or anything else in general, feel free to shoot us a message on our Facebook or email us at veerqueerhtexas. Well, yeah, htx at gmail dot com. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for ever listening, everyone. Um, also, wanted to give a special shout out and thank you to. Chuck Vaughn for our music, Victoria Le- Victoria Pena for our logo, So Ramos, Janie Eldridge, and also with the Mockingbird Network, Brenda Valdivia, and other people that we tried to work with, but, you know, things happen. Um, shout out to the Earth House and Josh Rollins. And, yeah, and all the listeners, so stay tuned for... Our next episode, it's going to be bi-weekly, so like and share our page on Facebook at Beer Queer HTX, and we'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye. Mocking Bird Network.